Lucas mustn't get his evil hands on that alien ship. Welcome back to your favorite Doom Patrol podcast, this side of the comic book pages. My name is Mark. And my name is Nathan. And today we are talking about Unstoppable Doom Patrol issue number one of the new Dawn of DC initiative. Came out March 28th, 2023. Nathan, how you doing today? I'm all right. I'm good. It's a, it's a Wednesday as of recording this, so... Technically, it's it's a new comic book day, so it, it feels good to to read a new comic book on a new comic book day because I feel like I haven't done that in years. <laughs> How is it? How is it getting back into comic books? It's fine, you know. I'm doing it digital this time because I can't. I have I I I cannot justify getting more single issues. I have, I just have I have thousands. Like I was trying to do the math a couple weeks ago by just looking at how many long and short boxes I have and just thinking like, okay, there's got to be at least 250 in that. There's got to be at least 50 in that one. Like all of these things, it's like, oh my God, like I'm getting up to, I'm over a thousand. I know that. And it's like getting up to two where I'm like, Jesus, I did not <laughs> realize that I had that many. And one box I know that was like pretty much half filled with just bags and boards for me, like thinking like, yep, I'm going to have to bag and board all of these. And it's, there's so many. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is me doing digital comics and you know what? Not bad. I think it's kind of cool how they're doing some things digital, uh, especially with like the uh, immersive reading. Yeah. It's really because you could double click it and it'll like, Zoom, zoom in on like one panel and then zoom back out to the page and then zoom in on the next panel. I'm like, damn, that's really cool how they modeled that like eyesight of what you're supposed to be doing when you're reading a comic book. So that's neat. It's better than those like motion comics that they were doing that were supposed to be all the rage mm, whenever mm-hmm. I was in the comic book store. But no, you know. Yeah. But this is cool. This is great. How about you? You're You're getting back into physical comics and... It's, I appreciate, I appreciate it all from a collector's aspect. I really do. Part of me is like, you were sending me pictures of like the variant covers that you were getting. And part of me is like dying a little bit inside. Cause I was like, oh my God, I would used to get, you know, three of that one and one variant just to like read one bag two, maybe sell the other one, all these things. Like, so it seems really cool that you're getting back into that collector side. Yeah, I I am really enjoying just getting back into comic book stores and like I was doing DC Universe Infinite, I think that's the full name of it now. Um for a while, I was doing it for 3 years and that's how I read most of the series of Doom Patrol, you know, throughout its its history. Uh, because it it was getting expensive to try and buy the volumes, mm-hmm. um, especially after Doom Patrol had announced it was a TV show, and then Grant Morris, you know, the Grant Morrison run was getting uh, popular. Um, those prices were starting to go up, um, much like um, I think Supergirl now, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. That's a book that's like getting popular now, and it's hard to get a hold of 
because it's announced that it's going to be the basis of the future Supergirl movie. So I was using DC Universe um, to watch the show um, and to watch Titans. And they also had like a ton of rewards just for those who were subscribed to it. So it was a really good incentive to just be a part of that network. And that's also where you um, back when those shows were small and they were just starting out you could have conversations with like the writers and the forums about the TV shows and stuff like that. And so just having that and the like almost transparent access to DC comics, back issues, old series, all, all types of books were being uploaded. All series were being uploaded. It was great to be able to, to read comics digitally. Um, I wanted to get back into buying these physically because of the variants, and we'll get more into that. But um, the artwork in Unstoppable Doom Patrol is phenomenal, which is another thing we'll get into. And I just really wanted to invest in physical copies again because it it is only a six-issue run, so Mm -hmm. I'm okay with doing that. And then... um, there was another, there was an image comic that started on the same day called The Ambassadors, which was written by Mark Millar and drawn by Frank Quietly. So I wanted to check that out as well. Um, and um, so I picked up both of those. Um, and then, you know, my fiance wanted to start to get into, um, she's always been a fan of DC Comics, but nothing recent like New 52 up to what's going on now. So. Um, she's been getting into, um, DC bombshells and the new 52 Supergirl series. So, um, it's just great to, to go in there and be a part of like that community again and just walk in and, you know, spend half an hour just, you know, checking on seeing, seeing what the culture is like for, for comic books. Uh, so it's really cool. It's really cool to like, to just go and visit again. I've, haven't done that in years in a long time i want to say like 2018 would have been the end of it so that's like five years ago already that's yeah it's been a while so i think we closed up shop in 17 16 2016 2017 yeah so seven eight years for me that i just haven't really dived back into it just i mean you know and it's, it's hard it to. feels good though it it really is um, and not not like accessibility but the idea i mean i was looking at the i was looking at some of the advertisements of the series that are coming to this new dc initiative that is dawn of dc and you have a, a new batman brave and the bold number one a superman number one titans number one cyborg number one you know there's a wonder woman number one coming out in september and yes it's 2023 but 2011 doesn't seem that long ago and it's different than it was back in 2011 when you when you heard that Superman number one was happening again, or 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 Batman number one, it was a little bit more striking at the time because it was decades plural and not yeah. just 
a decade now from New 52 to where we are now to to have to feel like I guess the magic of grabbing a number one isn't doesn't feel as special anymore. It feels special for Doom Patrol because we didn't have one. Right. And like this to me is special. And some of the other newer ones like Spirit World, that looks special to me. Um, but seeing kind of like the DC Trinity start over again with number ones, it's it has me more the raised eyebrow than, you know, being gleefully excited for it. So yeah. that's what I mean by it. It it's, feels hard to, I guess it feels hard to be excited is what I should say. Oh, we're doing I, this I, again. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I that's agree. what Marvel fans agree. probably felt like for the past 10 years when they had all the different Marvels, Marvel now and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't any that much different a little bit different when like rebirth happened because that was just i don't know now if you look back on it rebirth kind of just seems like well that was a weird placeholder thing like i have so many number ones from rebirth because i was in the shop at the time that that was debuting and so like i was thinking in that new 52 mindset of i need every single number one from every single title that was coming out Mm -hmm. you know um and like that was pretty much it like i wasn't really going and having a subscription to those books, but I was getting the number ones and getting the variants just because that collector's mindset of just, that's what I wanted. You know, I missed out on the new 52 number ones and I would always have to try to dig around in back issues and everything to try to at least hopefully find a second printing, you know? Um, but it's, it's a, it's a good feeling. Um, you got a, a first printing of Doom, unstoppable Doom Patrol number one. Yeah, you got the variant covers. You got one in plastic and bag and board that you're just not gonna touch at all, and it's a cool feeling. So I I am envious on that side, where I yeah. wish I could get <laughs> that feeling back, you know, from back in 2011, where it was that that hunt and that you know just triumph of getting that new 52 number one. But we're here. I'm digging it, um, and and I'm excited to see what else is going to come out of this this whole new dawn of dc shebang yeah the 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 variant i i got one of the crazy jane scratch off variants i got two of them there they had a i was surprised how many they had there on the shelf and so when i saw that they had extras i was like i need to just grab one and not scratch it because it is a very pretty variant cover um but they they had all of them. Um, I think they included one of of each in my in my subscription, so I got to kind of look through them and see which ones I I wanted. Um, and I think the the eighth variant, which cover or variant F, uh, which is also drawn by Chris Burnham, is like just like this beautiful, just orange cover of just the drawings and like that the only color that is used is orange. And the, it, the color orange is, like, that is the uniform color in this series. And it is... Very prominent in this. Yeah. Yeah. Very pretty. Um, it, it looks... I don't know why, but it just strikes me as, like, this Pulp Fiction Tarantino orange that they use. And um, I quite like it. I, I really dig it. But, um, yeah, they, they have, like, these Crazy Jane variants that... Um, if you don't know, it's like you can go to the store and pick up Unstoppable Doom Patrol number one. And there's like this crazy Jane variant with like this mirror that you can scratch off and it reveals 
five different personalities like Sun Daddy and Black Anis, um, or even this new this new personality, uh, which is the Chief, which we'll have some questions about. Um, and yeah, it's it, it was really cool to get it. I got Black Anis, and then like I said, I have a, another variant that I didn't scratch off yet, but um, really cool, really cool variant. And next. Uh, issue issue number two which comes out april 25th um that's gonna have a variant of negative man and his sunglasses glow in the dark so if you get that variant it's glow in the dark and i'm gonna get it that's cool needless to say but yes but cool yes let's uh let's let's talk a little bit about this um uh nathan overall this unstoppable doom patrol issue number one it was written by Dennis Culver, drawn by Chris Burnham, colored by Brian Reber. Um, the title of the issue itself is called Degenerates One and All. And kind of like the the log line of this entire uh, six-issue series is, uh, the world's strangest superheroes are saving the world by saving the monsters. Nathan, what's your overall thought on this issue? I think it's really cool. I think it's a really cool, like, uh, reimagination of both classic Doom Patrol and the wacky weirdness of uh, Grant Morrison Doom Patrol and stuff. And I think it's going to combine everything and even Pollock stuff into, like, one streamlined idea of what the Doom Patrol is supposed to be. Um, Because Doom Patrol is really... I, it, from our standpoint, it's popular in the sense that it had the the TV show that was pretty damn good, if I do mm-hmm. say so myself. Yeah. And pretty damn true to what Doom Patrol is supposed to be. And, like, it kind of just shone a really bright light on this series and these heroes and this team that's supposed to, like, dive into the wacky and weirdness of it all. Um so I think this is like a really, I I assume this is going to be a really good just like streamlined process of, this is the crazy side of the DC comics and let you let it be crazy you know it's going to get weird it's going to get wacky, um, you know maybe even get existential at points but but we're here we're in it um that tagline saving the world by saving the monsters seems like that is what Doom Patrol. In inherently was supposed to be because it was saving these characters that we deemed, you know, cursed at one point because of their powers. You know, they 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 weren't heroes; they were damned to these metahuman abilities that you know someone kind of foisted on them with no regard to their self worth or being or anything of the nature, and yet they formed a very strong close-knit family and a good team out of it and they're able to identify others who are in their situation and say look we're not giving you a way out we're giving you a, a chance to to understand you because we understand our own pain you should at least you know we can at least help you try to understand your pain you know mm-hmm. yeah so it's really cool um that they're just really trying to pinpoint like the the hard-hitting facts of what Doom Patrol was supposed to be. The reason that I fell in love with the series is because it wasn't all 
bright, shiny day, Superman punches something and then day is saved. You know, it wasn't all at the end of the day, Batman ends up loving himself. You know, it's, it's, it's not like that. It's, there is like some pitfalls in this. Um, and there's going to be some probably heart wrenching things that are going to come out of this book that, uh, you know, you wouldn't have thought of before. Um, and it even, you know, Chris Burnham and everything, like, also, I love that. I'm, I've been waiting for that kind of shit <laughs> for a long time. Um, Frank Quietly is one of my favorite artists. Um, and Burnham, I feel like, kind of embodied a lot of Quietly just aspects in his drawings. Um, so the two of them going together are like really cool. Um, so like Burnham is kind of just like, well, if you can't get quietly, get Burnham. He's just as good, you know? (laughs) So it's like, yeah, absolutely. Let me get that beautiful, very meticulous line work, those shadowing and the inking on, on all of these pages is just like, just beautiful. Like the black work on these pages, uh, are just as important as like the colorful aspect of everything. Um, and it's just really cool. Um, it's good to see some old Burnham characters return. You know, hint, hint, we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, it's it's really, <laughs> yes. it's really cool to see that this artist that I followed along through, like, Detective Comics back in 2012 and 2013 and, and you know, the, the tragic death of Damian Wayne and all of these things. Like, good to see that this artist is back again doing another favorite of mine. That's what it, it really feels like it's... Just like, yeah, Nathan, this is exactly for you. Like, you loved that shit years ago, and hey, we got him back again on your other favorite team and your other favorite title, so you should be enjoying all of this. And I'm like, yes, you're right. I am enjoying every single aspect of this. Yeah, it's this is... What, what I will say about the issue as a whole is that this is such a strong start, if not the strongest start a Doom Patrol series has ever had. Um, you know, Strange Strange Adventures, that was like, you know, it kind of bubbled up to be what Doom Patrol is. Um, Paul Kupperberg, not as successful as they would want it to be, so then Grant Morrison took over. Um, and nothing in 2005 or 2001 really um, captured that that same energy that, Rachel Pollock and Grant Morrison had, um, and even with Gerard Way's 2016 run, uh, which is fantastic. Um, I feel like this one is stronger in the sense of you came to read a Doom Patrol strange adventure. We're going to give you the strange adventures, but also modernize it with what you know and love from the TV show. Which is that probably the first line that you're going to read is, you know, robot man telling a lady to shut the fuck up. You know, it's it's there's like this comedic energy of robot man meets the strange adventures of Arnold Drake series. Um, There's there's so much to love about this issue. And it's very, um, uh, you know, successful in, in capturing all that they want to talk about. You know, they have the empathy uh, for uh, a degenerate, <laughs> for a person who has these metahuman abilities, um, and you know they're chaotic without some, any sort of um, 
guidance or, or compassion. So you have that element of Doom Patrol. You have the wackiness, the strangeness. Um, and then they throw in some great cameos from other characters that really just help connect Doom Patrol with the DC Universe and not leave it to be, oh, you're the weirdos. It doesn't matter how much the people love the weirdos. We're going to keep the weirdos on an island, you know? Um, so many times has Doom Patrol been successful, and un- unless we're talking about the painting that that stole Paris, we've rarely gotten more connectivity with the Doom Patrol with the DC Universe. Um, and so this this opens up immediately. I mean, there's they're in Gotham City. Uh, Chris Burnham uh, in the first page, probably one of, not the first page because. The spoilers, first page isn't even about the Doom Patrol, it's about someone else. Um, the first cell of the Doom Patrol in Gotham City is probably one of my favorite depictions of Gotham City in the way that's like, this is what it feels like. This is why Gotham City is scary, terrifying. You never want to be in this city ever like there's a reason it has this reputation and he captures just the terrifying chaotic dread of what it's like to be in this in this city um because any downtown area in the city um could have its crime it's it's poverty it's it's struggles how do you make gotham city feel awful and terrifying and give you that anxiety. And it's the way that every element that's going on when they step foot and get off the bus in Gotham City, that it looks like a hostile environment, that everyone there is out to get you. That's, it's such a beautiful, and there's there's many beautiful splash pages. I mean, there's one that has the whole team fighting these degenerate um, offspring villains, which we'll get more into like those characters. Um, but yeah, the, 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 the drawings that Chris Burnham does to illustrate how Culver and, and Burnham have discussed the energy that this sh- series, I almost said show, but this series should have. They've talked about their tone, I'm sure, with each other because they, they work next to each other. And the way that he taps into it by drawing it out, it's like it, you feel the presence that they're in. You feel the tone. Um, and it, it's great work throughout the entire comic book issue. Um, and yes, he does have a lot that reminds me of Frank Quietly as well, uh, specifically with General Immortus, which is revealed later in the um, the opening subplot of Brain and Monsieur Mala. When General Immortus is, is revealed... He has this um, grotesque line work that you would expect from from Frank Quietly, um, and, and Frank Quietly is doing it again right now in the Ambassadors with with Mark Millar and Image Comics. Um, yeah, General Mortis looks absolutely disgusting. Um, there's you know all the degenerates that are degenerates like. There's this character in in this in this comic book called Degenerate and kind of like can 
bud out these bits of him. And even those have like this kind of disgusting nature to it with all this line work. Um, so it's just, it's just really, really well done capturing the tone of being scared in this environment and then um, being able to tap in and to help someone through it, which I think they do quite beautifully. Um, um, so y- I don't mean to interrupt your no. backtrack, but I am going to backtrack just a little bit because going through this, and I didn't even pay attention, I feel awful that I didn't pay attention to this, but there is a variant cover of Unstoppable Doom Patrol number one um, of uh, Alaska Woman sitting in Alaska Girl. Alaska Woman. Alaska, it was Alaska Girl, now it's Alaska Woman. We're, you know, we're, we're maturing with their. With our names and stuff. Avoiding... Um, the, yeah. The variant issue of uh, her sitting in this, like, water sound or whatever. Thing, yes. And you got Beast Girl or whatever. That's by Nathan Zerdy. I know him. I have a lot of his art. He was a local artist at my comic book store. Like, he would come in and set up shop at all our events. I have so many... Art, I have so many artwork from him, and I didn't even realize this. That's incredible to me that he did a cover of this, a variant cover of Doom Patrol. Go, Nate. Seriously. <laughs> Damn. That's I, so cool. Should I have picked one up? I mean, I, I had the the foil variant, and then I, I put it back. I'm sorry. I mean, no, it's fine. You, you're not. Don't apologize to me. I'm not the one you need to apologize to. It's a but great cover. I, I didn't even realize that. Because I just I was kind of just flipping through or whatever, and I saw on the side, and I was like, Zerdy, I know him. I was like, wait, 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 wait a second. Why is it, he did a variant? That's, that is excellent. That really is excellent. Um, Kudos to you. Yeah, seriously. He, you know the Robin print that's got all of them, and it's like very big and bold, and it's, oh yeah, if you remember that. That's Zerdy's Robin's. Oh. That's like one of the best, you know, drawings that I think he's ever done. Yeah. Um, anyway. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, yeah, this is. Uh, I thought it was really cool that we're in Gotham City um, for this first uh, story. Um, it kind of gives us a sense of you know a place that we already know and we're comfortable with being in. And obviously, someone's going to show up. Um, there's some really cool things that you were talking about. Your your idea of um, this this version of Gotham City of it being just grimy and you know, the traffic jam and all of these people and them shouting like, oh, get out of here, freaks, which you have no business shouting that in people at Gotham City. Like, you exactly. Don't. Um, there's a really cool uh, little Easter egg on um, the garage here. There's a berserk symbol from the, uh, from the, from the manga. <laughs> uh, spray painted on the, uh, on the closed Yogurt Town shop. Yeah, there's there's quite a few here. I mean, there was um, um, I almost thought yeah, there's that, and then there's uh, um, which makes me think so like Chris, I don't know. So Chris Burnham, if you follow him now on Twitter, he's like going through a lot of his manga collection and like rereading them, and he's like posting pictures of it and being like, "This is really cool. This is a great story I was reading as a kid, and I didn't really appreciate it then." It's really great, fun time on on his Twitter. Um, I assume that it's because him diving back into his manga collection that he drew the berserk symbol. It was like, hell yeah, I'm going to put that in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just going to put like... If you know, you know. Street art, yeah. There was um, Rita Farr, in the very beginning, she was reading Dangoria, which is like Fangoria magazine. 
but yeah. it has a D in it. And so I was thinking like, I think that's like a, a maybe an Easter egg for like Danny, like a Dan- Danny the magazine. It'd be Dan yeah. Gloria. So I, I would uh, assume so. They also yeah. have a Danny reference in uh, this new character. Beast Girl says, you know, why didn't we just fly in with the Ambo? That's the ambulance, right? Yes. Yeah. There. I want to talk about like a, like a lot of these characters. There's so many characters introduced in this in this series. I mean, of course, we have our mainstays. We have our Cliff Steele, our Larry Trainer, our Rita Farr. You know, that's like the Doom Patrol trinity. Um, also, we have like a Doom Patrol logo now. We have like a definitive DP symbol, which I think is pretty cool. Um, but yes, we have uh, a, a ton of characters here. We have Beast Girl which is not a clone of Beast Boy as far as, like, you know, publication. We're not just, you know, saying we want Beast Boy back and, and gender bend the character and to have that character. She has, like, her own metahuman ability, which is the ability to amp up someone else's animalistic instincts. Mm-hmm. Am I getting that right? Yeah. And so I thought that was pretty interesting. She she's a cool looking character. I love her energy. I love uh, kind of like the spunk that this character has. Um, she's a very cute character. Um, the I, I'm wondering, you know, I I'd love to see some of these characters continue on. Um, and you know, just like we've introduced Dorothy and Joshua Clay and all these other Doom Patrol characters that have been created and and stayed as part of the the universe. Casey Brink, um, Beast Girl. I'm hoping that Beast Girl, you know, will continue to um, build up into a character that people uh, love. But, uh, you know, in the first issue, it's like, hey, you're a cool, spunky character. You have kind of a metahuman ability that needs explaining, which can be hard on people. Normally, they're just like, so do you turn into an animal or something? And she's like, no, it's a little bit more complicated uh, what her ability is. So there is that. Um, that have a question, you know, just, um, I'd like to see more about that character later on. Um, and then there's, um, Alaska woman, which Alaska woman, we know our robot man and we know our negative man. We, 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 no matter what the iteration is of doom patrol, people have like these personalities attached to these characters and static as they may be. That's what people want. They want Robot Man to be Robot Man every single time. You know, it is the hamburger that you you expect when you go to McDonald's, right? It's like, that's the Robot Man. He's funny. He's grumpy. He's, you know, cynical. Um, and Negative Man Explicitive, also... Expli- exp- exp- what's the word? He Where said he it right. <laughs> <laughs> he says bad words. Uh <laughs> Negative man, yeah, he kind of has like um, the it, it, it kind of intelligent, the kind of like the the brains in, in a way that he can explain what's going on, or use negative spirit key to kind of explain what's going on, um, and sometimes tapped it, into the supernatural. Exactly, um, Elasta woman here, um, is questionable. Obviously, we're not getting April Bowlby's Rita Farr, which is like such a dynamic version of the character. Um, but, well, I'm not sure yet. Um, because throughout this issue, Rita Farr is kind of uh, not confident in 
in her role as as a impromptu leader i want to say because mm-hmm. you have you have the chief who's saying oh you know do this take over this you know mind your p's and q's when you say this or you know and, and it's very constructive criticism that the chief has for rita and rita's just like oh my bad i'll do better this time or i'll make sure and it's like what's going on here are you are you being um raised to be the leader of doom patrol or you know like what's what's your personality like because it's supposed to be like an ironhide second in command kind of deal is that what you're thinking i see i don't know because i i feel like rita far we haven't had rita far in the comics since the early 2000s um and it's like what is going to i guess i'm expecting a little bit more um personality and I and I know that it's probably gonna happen. It's just um she seems cool. I just I'd like to know more about her. In the very one of the very first cells when she's apologizing, she has like in the TV show, like half her face is melting. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, so she's not confident. That's what's going on here, right? And so that's yeah. where I have some questions. I'd like to see more about that character. But I, I, you know, the show has made me a huge fan of the character. So like that, I guess because I'm a little bit more invested in her, I'm kind of like, can we see more about her, please? <laughs> I'd it like may to know still more. be even like a character build that uh, is still, um, you know, anxious, especially being in public um, and being called a freak and saying, go back home. You don't belong here. That's still, you know, that's going to it's going to hurt someone's feelings, you know? It doesn't hurt other people. Like, you know, Larry's just nonchalant, like, yeah, whatever. Like, that does kind of, I don't give a shit, you know? (laughs) Cliff is, again, even more so, you know, I don't give a shit. Hey, fuck you. You know, that's like, (laughs) like, I'm walking here kind of thing. Like, it's like, oh, you fit in with this. Like, you dish it right back out to him. But, uh, you know, and and Beast Girl just seems very much like, like Gar, where, um, you're you're comfortable with the type of being that you are, the type of metahuman that you are. Like someone calling you a freak doesn't really, you know, jolt you because, like, well, look at me. I mean, like, I'm a I'm a beast girl, you know. Like, you can call me a freak if you want, but like, I'm still gonna be beast girl, you know. Rita, on the other hand, is still there's always that aspect of her trying to fit in. So yeah, I think you're right. With we're gonna see like a you know, a, a still that less confidence attitude coming out of, uh, out of Rita Farr. Yeah. I'm very curious to see how this, how this group shapes up. And this is a six issue run. So it's going to be tight, I would say, but it should be, I mean, in my opinion, that's, that's, that's my speed is that you keep things kind of, you know, short and sweet. And I kind of like I kind of expect some great things out of this, um, and yeah, there's there's uh, Crazy Jane or Kate Chalice. Uh, we have two personalities in in this issue. We have the Chief, which is the big one. That's the one that's going to be kind of leading the Doom Patrol, I would say, um, which still gives me Gerard Way vibes. It still feels very Umbrella Academy. Um, yeah. It does seem very Umbrella Academy-esque type of character. Um, exactly. Which is cool. Uh, I think it's awesome. I dig the face mask, you know? Yeah. It's, that's just like a really cool thing to bring over 
um, and it also kind of still has that, that that Japanese culturalistic idea of wearing a face mask, and I think it's going to like kind of bring over that kind of culturistic type of characteristics to this person. Um, All they have to do is they they have to do a Doom Patrol variant where it's like the face mask is included, the mm-hmm. orange just the orange face mask, and they have like the character. It looks like it's wearing it, but you just take it and you can, you can wear the face mask. I I would totally love just like that color, orange face mask. I still wear face mask, um, just out of common courtesy. But I feel like that would be a really cool thing to have. Um, but yeah, there's uh there's two Jane personalities in this one, um, which is Chief, and then there's a new one introduced that's called Shy in which it's a character that covers her face and she only has one eye um, revealed, and then it's revealed that she only has the one eye. Um, and her metahuman ability is the ability to see people's memories, um, and which is used to gather data off one of these metagenetics um, henchmen kind of thing. So a very interesting character, um, I'm sure we'll get much more um, personalities than than the five that we were introduced to so far. Um, but yeah, there's you know they're here in Gotham City to rescue one of many metahumans that's been created from this whole Lazarus Planet event. And sure enough, Batman and Robin show up, which is Tim Drake. Hell yeah, um, and. You know, Batman is trying to do things his way, and and Chief does a great job stamping that out, being like, you only make the problem worse. You don't actually help these people through their problems. You just break their jaw and throw them in jail um, as if that does something. It was such a good conversation (laughs) between that. Like a really good, just like, whoa, pump the brakes, Batman. Nothing good ever comes out of Arkham. Like, yeah, you're damn right, you know? Him going on his high horse, it's just supposed to be temporary. It's like, temporary to what? Going on to the Suicide Squad? Like, you know all of the stages where it goes, Batman. Like, stop kidding yourself, you know? Take your little kid, your little gymnastic kid, and just, like, <laughs> go play on your computer and, like, collect cool cars, man. Um, but, yeah, it's a really cool just dynamic that this chief personality has and just already can like just you know clock batman like right as he stepped into the frame it's like no this isn't your jam dude like we are here for a reason you know if we understand where we're at we get it we're in gotham but you do not belong here you're a human dude Mm -hmm. with gadgets get out (laughs) you have no idea you cannot connect to this situation at all. You're just going to beat someone up and throw them in a jail cell. Like, at, at best, they become one of your villains. Like, and that's just well, even yeah, more he, of, like, like a hard-hitting... Them. It really is. Like, that's, like, such a crazy realization to think. Think of how many Batman villains there are and think of why they're Batman villains and think of what all they do. Clayface, technically a monster, right? But he is wasn't Doom given the... Yeah, wasn't yeah. given the proper rehabilitation needs put him on a stage and let him do his freaking actor thing and like no just put him in a jail cell because he's just gonna you know be a monster it's like ah you're there's no different between him and madame rouge like they're the same they do the same abilities and he just get you know yeah like batman comes in 
sees someone and then decides, that's a villain. I'm going to go beat that person up. Poison Ivy, eco-terrorist, you know, like (laughs) she does, she does, she wants to do amazing things, Um, you know, and it's like Batman, what are you really protecting? Just infrastructure of a, of a crumbling city? Like fix the highways, dude. I mean, come on. (laughs) What's the latest tagline? He's a fascist. Yeah. <laughs> George Lopez at the best. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. But he looks good in this. Man, it feels like I'm reading like a a Batman comic from from the 90s. Very early 2000s, like turn of the century Batman, the way he's he looks cuz he doesn't even look like a rebirth Batman anymore. Mm-hmm. Like we lost some of like the the modernized yellows that they try to do and um you know like the Jim Lee lines. Yeah, because you know when they did the new fifty two Batman, they were trying to be like, we're hip, we're cool, this is what Batman looks like now. He doesn't wear underpants over his pants and and then like Rebirth was like, how do we bring back the yellow but cool? And so yeah. now they're just like it- he's back. He's wearing gray, you know black spandex over that and yellow belt like just deal with it (laughs) it makes me curious as to the status of the batman title and what's going on or at least the batman and robin title uh at what's going on at that point right now like how does that tie into his his and robin's appearance in doom patrol um because the last chris burton batman and robin we got was pretty damn tragic (laughs) Yeah, um, and so and it was pretty damn good. So, like, I'm curious to see what's going on with that uh, right now. Um, you know, we'll figure that out later, I guess. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know what's happening with at least a Superman run. It's uh, you know, his son John Kent is, is Superman or Superboy now. So they got a whole super family. You know. <laughs> Yeah, so I think what May sixteenth is when the first issue comes out. Um, okay. Yeah. Tom King, Ed Ed Brisson, Christopher Cantwell, Dan Moore. It's got like three, four artists or three or four writers attached to this one. Um, so it's pretty big, and yeah. Uh, ba- Batman: Brave and the Bold, May sixteenth. Um, so. Is that the new Batman and Robin series? That is the new Batman series for Dawn of DC. It is called okay. Batman: The Brave and the Bold. Yeah. So, but I, and I feel like maybe that's the vibe that they're going for is to kind of go back to the Brave and the Bold, um, especially the way that Batman looks like here, especially the way that Robin looks like. I mean, Robin is Tim Drake, but he looks more like Dick Grayson pre Nightwing. Um, you know classic dick Grayson robin is what he looks like here um but to see them both especially standing next to each other it's fantastic i i had a great time seeing this type of batman again in gotham city um even though he was um being talked down to by the chief and and being educated about how to help people not just hurt people um it was still a great time to see see this batman and and very well written by dennis culver tap into what this Batman is going to be. And I wonder if that this is like a preview for the brave and the bold that we're going to see in the future. But yeah. Um, 
Just going to talk about Degenerate real quick because that's the villain that they kind of save in this in this issue. Um, mm-hmm. Degenerate has this want to hate things and his hatred makes him a degenerate in the way that he kind of melts down into this monster, into this freak of nature that can hurt and terrorize people. The way that Robot Man talks this person, he doesn't even talk him down. He like says, he gives this whole rallying speech about, you know, I've been misunderstood. You're going to be misunderstood. We can get through this together. And then Degenerate is like, no, I love hating things. I, I want to yeah. keep doing it. He's like, cool with me, dude. Whatever. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> just a great commentary on just the idea of what hatred is and like how it affects people and that like stubbornness of, you know, people that are hateful for just apparently no reason, you know, just to be hateful. That's like, well, yeah, you're a monster, you know, if that's what you want people to see you as, that's what they're going to see you as. So keep hating, keep being a monster. You do you. You're just going to look like this freak, you know, that's just destroying shit and for for no reason. Why? Because you hate it? Thanks. You know? Great. Cool. Um, I'm curious to see how uh, the Doom Patrol is going to, to turn somebody like that around. You know, someone that doesn't have that remorseful feeling, that doesn't have that want of belonging, you know, that isn't like a depressed, like, uh, I should kill myself. It's like, no, I just want to be angry. It's like, well, what are they going to do about that? You know, because that's not someone that I would want living in my house. No, but I think that and yeah, that's like the love language that Robot Man and the Doom Patrol have where Degenerate's like, being mean is my thing and like i enjoy that and so when robot man throws his hands up and he's like yeah whatever works for you it's not that he's like giving up he's like oh well i tried and it's like yeah come live with us and i'll still be this passive person about who you choose to be if you want to be a degenerate be a degenerate it's welcomed here because the world sucks and by accepting you in is how you is how you bring them in right um it's it's like how people should approach others that they disagree with where if you find out that someone disagrees with your your views on life don't call them out on it. Try to call them in. And that's what he's doing here when he says, yeah, whatever works for you. You know, I gave you my speech. I gave you my pep talk about how I found my family and how the Doom Patrol saved me from myself. When Degenerate's like, this is just who I am. He's like, all right, cool. Come come be that. Come be that yeah. here with us. And we'll get through it. You know, I'm not saying to change who you are. I'm saying help us change the world. <laughs> Sounds sappy, but it's like, yeah, there's not there's no pressure to to to, to conform because that's what Arkham would have done, you know? Yeah. 
or at least attempted to do, uh, force uh, have you to done. do. Yeah. Yeah, but then you just end up hating Batman and breaking out and now you're a you villain. Know. Then you yeah. yeah, then you're a suicide squad. Yep. Person. Then you're working for a peacemaker who's in this comic book. <laughs> Wild to me that I think it's cool um that like we get to see these you know characters that are on screen and now being very relevant into the storytelling of the of the comics um that just seems the most natural way to go you know um and it's yeah so it's it's just a great job i mean it's like it's it's like the costume for peacemaker in the movies and the show is like you know we want to be super comic booky you know and so when you see it in the comic book you're like oh that looks like the the same you know that looks just like peacemaker from the tv show and it's like well yeah they went verbatim this time like complete goofy you know peacemaker so but it 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 does give that feeling of i know this new dc cinematic universe wants to connect its cinematic universe with like comics and video games and such um and because of the positive reception of the blue beetle trailer the blue beetle trailer has been announced to be like the first film in this new DC cinematic universe post the flash movie and flashpoint. So, um, it will be included in this new shared universe. Um, and when you see this comic book and you see peacemaker in this, it almost gives that impression. Like, can this also start to connect with, um, with the movies yeah so really cool really cool um even with like the doom patrol show the hbo series and everything we get two very well-known characters and very well-loved characters by us appear in this comic book as the uh the side story that's happening um you said two and not three and it's like yeah because uh, <laughs> not yet i guess because that's coming in right because the general's yet to be scene but well it's like i um, i always like brain and monster mala and general and morris yeah. is like just every old man politician in the world and yeah. it's like can you die already <laughs> <laughs> just the war machine of just like what are you doing you know there's are you making other, our lives worse there's other shit that's happening you don't have to go and be like some wackadoo crazy militaristic old man that's after the Ark of the Covenant every time, you know? Like, yeah. It's almost like, hey, it, it's kind here. of tragic. I found, okay, so I found the subplot for Brain and Monster Mala to be tragic. And it's like, you know, first page you open, you open this comic book. Never mind the advertisement. There's a lot of advertisements in these comic books. I don't... It's comic books, baby. Yeah. Um, and like the first page... His brain and monster mala. I was like, hell yeah. And what is that? A gorilla mech suit? What is going on here? Yeah, this like is... Optimus Pro- Optim- Optimus Primal or Primal, like going yeah. on. Yeah. That's uh, they're fighting on a cool snowy mountain with these just zombie henchmen and big guns, and it's like, this is cool. Brain and Monster Mala are just like st- storming the gates because they gotta get to Immortus because he's doing some fuck shit. Just like always, but you know, let's try to band the brotherhood back together because that's what we do. We're super villains. We're a super villain team. We need each other. Uh, buzzer sound brr, wrong. Yeah, um, 
there's only one key word here, and it's a resin. He says, so Brain and Monster Mala, they get they get to this castle for General Immortus. They break in, and um, General Immortus says he has the resin, but he doesn't use it yet, or there's there's something questionable about the resin. Um, and that's just the only word we have. It's just resin. Um, do what you will with that word. And then... Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a cool supervillain song. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if it had to do with... Um, the, I missed out a big part of like the whole Lazarus planet and everything, so I don't know if it has to do with, with that. Um, that's a very great... That they, that's a super great hypothesis. I'm going to tell you know. that. I don't know. No, it's fantastic. It's, it already makes sense in my mind. Um, like Lazarus resin. Possibly. So the only, I think the only really thing that it made me think of that is because the Lazarus goo that's happening now all over the planet was green. But previously in Endgame, Batman back in what, 2015, 2014, something like that, um, Batman and Joker were fighting in a theater and below that was the underground area of a Lazarus pit and that Lazarus juice I believe was orange and not green um something that kind of like they were both dying or whatever and then they kind of died right next to this Lazarus pit that was leaking you know kind of spilling over and it kind of got into them and and healed them both from death and kind of changed the Joker and fixed Batman's brain and kind of made him give him amnesia a little bit um so that was really my only thought of just like what is this vial of orange resin and what could that be and then my next thought was like okay maybe it has to do with like pre Lazarus planet Lazarus pit juice <laughs> that may actually be you know the the key to Immortus's longevity to key to everybody's longevity really um you know, I don't even think Rachel Ghoul is even uh, a footnote at this point. I think he's been gone. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just Tali has just been taken over ever since, <laughs> ever since that Batman and Robin Chris Burnham stuff. So I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, that resin. I would assume that it has to do something with longevity, uh, immortality, because it's General Immortus, and he would be the only person that would actually have that sort of thing. Yeah, um, and if it is a callback to that old Batman Laz- uh, Lazarus Pit juice, that's really cool because there was a really cool thing that they did where it showed the Joker as the Pale Man in like so many iterations, and it was like, oh, he was there in the eighteen hundreds, he was there in the nineteen hundreds, and just like so forth, and there was just always a Joker, just like how there was always a Batman. It was a really cool mm-hmm. concept. So maybe we're getting that. I don't know. Um, but tragedy strikes between a super gorilla <laughs> and a gorilla mech. Oh my gosh. I I I don't know if there's gonna there's gotta be like this subplot has to start going backwards, right, at some point, or maybe not, but I mean brain shows up in like a gorilla mech suit and then he gets stomped on. And betrayed by Monsieur Mala, and now they have like, you know, Mala and Immortus have this resin. I'm just like, 
so much happened that I wasn't expecting. You know, I was expecting this Doom Patrol story with Degenerate. The Peacemaker part was probably the most obvious twist to expect. Like, okay, now the government's going to get involved because you're getting all the metahumans and they want the metahumans. And I just wasn't expecting Brain, Mala, Brotherhood of Evil... Wasn't expecting any of this stuff. They show up, and then Brain gets stomped on mm-hmm. by Mala. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? What? <laughs> it's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. It's a little bit of heartbreak, but I mean, I think we're getting to that point now where you you love Brain and Mala as like novelty and like you know in a past tense. Like, oh yeah, that's a weird, wacky history of of Doom Patrol. Um, and you can't really use them now. Like, they, they are washed up. We saw the same thing happen in the TV show. Um, and, yeah, it's like... But the TV show also ended this so-called toxic relationship that they had. Yeah. Know? And Mala, Mala actually did the right thing of having that realization of, like, look, I'm just done with evil, you know? Like, it's that's there's more to this than that. Uh, so let's just kind of let's move on, um, which you know a- applauds all around. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really it's really cool to think that you were saying maybe they're gonna backtrack this this side story, but now we have a personality of Jane that can look back into memories of someone, which you know they could read minds and everything like that. Uh, that that character shy, that personality shy said a really cool thing was like, don't worry, I'm only gonna take what I need, like. Yeah, but where does that, where do you draw the line? Yeah. Know? And what yeah, happens yeah, if yeah, you start yeah, taking yeah. more out? Does the person just like go insane? Do you just take all of their memories and it's just amnesia? Um so it's really cool to see what might happen um if any and if any of those things uh have a connecting thread. Um but yeah, uh Mala stomping out the brain. It's been a long time coming, you know, and me first reading comic books, I'm like, yeah, well he's not really dead. But I may, maybe he's probably really dead. <laughs> there, it, it has the golden rule. Like, there's a body here. I'm seeing, yeah. you know, when you see someone's brain get pulped, they're gone. They're done. It's a, it's a done deal. And it's a heartbreak. It's a heartbreak, but, you know, now I got to see what General Immortus is going to be shaking his fist at. So it's like, okay, let's see. Let's see what happens. I I wasn't expecting it. I I'm curious to see now because it, I mean it is six issues and now we have two villain arcs that are bubbling. We have Peacemaker and then Suicide Squad and excuse me and then we have General Immortus. Are those two going to connect or are those two going to be um two different situations that they deal with or is General Immortus the big bad of the Doom Patrol series and then Peacemaker and then Amanda Waller and Suicide Squad, is that going to be a bigger arc for the dawn of DC in general? Like, is that going to connect more along the lines of all the metahumans that we're going to start introducing, you know, the government is going to to start reaching in on on each series. So um it could be a, it could be a bigger um umbrella that connects the other comic books and maybe more so um 
Yeah. There's there's a lot of great stuff here. Um, I think you got different advertisements than I do. So I'm looking at... Do I? The one that you're showing me? Yeah, you have... Well, you have Jurassic League, which is showing, but... Um, like mine is showing the Wonder Woman issue that comes out in September. Oh, yeah. So, I didn't get that. Yeah. Tom King is writing that one. Yeah. He's, good for him. He's, he's doing, doing a lot. He's doing a lot. <laughs> it's like the new doing Jeff Johns. <laughs> Um, Tom yeah. Taylor, Dune Titans. Oh, I'm going to check that one out as well. So, yeah. But overall, great. I mean, this Doom Patrol series is fantastic so far. Great start. One of the best starts for um, the Doom Patrol. And, you know, I, I think this is fantastic. Beautiful art. Just an all-around great comic. I highly recommend this one in general. Um, and then, really, I mean, people just... Try to get one of those Jane variants. It's like it's like a win-win. It's like it's a no, it's a new number one. If you are liking the Doom Patrol TV show, it's a great way to start with it. Um, and then you get a really cool scratch-off variant. It's like interactive. You get to be, yeah. you know. It's always fun when you can do something with the covers. Like I, I mean, I went I went crazy when they had the um, the. Uh, the DC villains. What was it? What was that one called? The Lanthennial covers. Yeah, like they, the Forever they, they Evil. Yeah. yeah, and then they would like replace the title mm-hmm. of the character with the villain. Yeah, yeah I. Those are good. I love those. Those are great, actually. You know, there was yeah. some of them had really high ticket prices, at least in my shop. Um, yeah. It was really it was a cool deal seeing just like random Lanthennial covers like pop up somewhere. It was like, oh snap, you have this. Oh snap, you got Joker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up today. If you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at Radio Doom Patrol. And issue number two comes out April 25th. So definitely check back towards the end of April, beginning of May. We'll have another episode to talk about what's going on now in the series. But now that we've kind of gone through the introduction of the series itself, now we get to talk a little bit more about the growth of the characters and the plot itself so really cool really looking forward to seeing how that shapes up to be Um, but until then dj please take it away